In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut up, man? Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news brought to you by your three funniest friends. Which is us. Yay! Yes. <laughs> if it's Tuesday, the three of us are here. Happy yep. December. It is officially December 1st. Does it feel like December 1st? No, it's like the November was so long, but also I'm like, I just paid rent yesterday. Oh, what the yeah. Hell? Time. Don't remind me. My understanding of time at this point is so messed up, but I have taken to like, I decorate in my living room now. For like I started on Halloween and then I did Thanksgiving and now I have done Christmas and that is marking the passage of Mm. time for me. Yeah, I don't normally do that. I don't normally get a tree. I mean, I'm Jewish, so I don't I don't normally do anything Christmassy, but we're we're doing it all this year. Um, We got a tree. My fiance's parents sent us all gifts for underneath. You got to mark the time somehow. Nice. Okay, Walgreens. I know. <laughs> okay, seasonal things. So as soon as as soon as December twenty sixth hits, you're gonna start decorating for Valentine's Day. As soon as. <laughs> as soon as. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'm gonna be one of those people who always like who goes even like the most arbitrary holiday. Like Arbor Day. My, yeah. This is my Arbor Day <laughs> display. This is you know. Well, I, I think we're village. gonna. Yeah. At least until June. I read this morning that they say that we're all gonna be vaccinated by June. So we're gonna have to be marking the seasonal holidays <sighs> every month until until then. And and you know what? I'm looking forward to how crazy things are going to be in June. Like, oh, that's just like It's going to be nuts. It's going like, to be the lit. Travel, the, the, the shows, the this, the that. It's going to be my summer. Summer is already difficult for the social calendar because it's really yeah. only 10 weekends. Uh, but post-COVID summer, nothing's going to yeah. be. Yeah, I think it there is. needs to be some sort of PSA where it's like, okay, maybe you're not wearing masks, but don't spread other diseases. Please use condoms because <laughs> it's going to be. People are going to get to know each other. Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be really interesting. Number one, to see what actual event is it that marks the like society feels like COVID right. is over actu- in actuality period. Because like, I mean, states are going to get it at different times, et cetera, et cetera. It's not going to be like one day. But I do feel like there will be like, a roaring 20s-ish prolonged period of, like, crazy time. <laughs> I know. As I was saying, June, like, I don't know. I feel like pride can't still happen. But if it could or if, you know, enough people were vaccinated. Right. And there, there will be, like, a pop-up pride, whether corporations decide to, like, organize right. it or not. <laughs> and I think that will be 
a very yes. fun pride will weekend. be wild actually because mm-hmm. there was like world pride <clears throat> last year then right. yeah pride will be that will be fun yeah um my wedding yeah, yeah your yes. wedding i was gonna say my birthday <laughs> in july <laughs> well there's some um there's some places that never even closed. So there, I yeah, wonder if the true. places that never even closed are even going to experience. Like, I feel like New York will definitely like, but like, right. There's all these, there is like that viral video of that, ki- that restaurant in Dallas that the guy's like, don't twerk here. This place is too nice. That did not look COVID <laughs> safe. No, no, that was bad. <laughs> so. no. Yeah. I don't think in South Dakota, they're all going to be like, we're free. Like yeah. they're, yeah, they're going to be mourning their dead and hopefully electing a new governor. <laughs> Here, I wish, I do feel like in New York, we should decide to have a ticker tape parade on yes. one day. I know that like it won't be like the end of World War II or whatever, where like there's a specific day that it ends and we can all like have a big fun parade. And I know the ticker tape parades are actually very bad for the environment, but I think we should bring back the ticker tape parade for one day and have Ooh. one in New York when the last like little old bodega lady gets yes. her. <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should. And there should be a street named after her and everything. Yes. 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 Yeah. I think, um, you know, the, the parades in the city, like basically what they do is they give each country that's in New York, like a different, weekend because you know because like they can't do their parades in the the winter so it'd be fun (laughs) if we combine like the nepalese parade and the dominican parade parade, all in like one Mm -hmm. day and then have a sticker tape parade and if someone hot wants to like you know um Mm -hmm. do that whole kiss thing i think it should be on your birthday should be on my birthday yes or i wonder if it's going to be fleet week because (laughs) i was about to say i feel like you know i know that this is going to add an unsavory element but i feel like the parade also has to be santa con and fleet week yeah (laughs) oh that's so generous of you you're really reaching across the aisle at least we're getting all these different countries and representations and we do need white new jersey culture so yeah (laughs) and it's about bringing it's about bringing the city back together Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I have to tell our listeners, I literally could not sleep last night because I realized that there was a portion of the podcast yesterday where we um, spoke about how great it is to have small dogs. And I did not mean to suggest that big dogs are bad. Oh. Uh, it woke me up in the middle of the night. Big dogs are great. <laughs> wow. Um, we love big dogs. It would be our least canceled. popular take if we said that small dogs were superior. Clarification. Mm-hmm. We love big doggos around okay. here. It's because Clifford, the big red dog movie, is actually sponsoring the sub podcast. <laughs> and we are not going to get paid if we don't <laughs> the statement offending all big dogs and big dog owners. The bigger, the better. The bigger, the better. <laughs> Beethoven. Awesome. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of the holiday season. So I don't know if you guys saw, but Melania Trump debuted her Christmas decorations yesterday, Mm -hmm. months after famously claiming that nobody gives a fuck about Christmas. (laughs) This year, there are 62 trees and more than 17,000 bows. As I said, I am Jewish, but I understand Christmas. However, I cannot. Guys, what's what do you do with 17,000 bows? Measure a year. (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, this 2020 for sure (laughs) 
Um, yeah, yeah. 2020 is measured by 17,000 bows. That's funny. Don and Melania are also planning to host more than a dozen White House Christmas parties, even as epidemiologists forecast half a million deaths by March. Uh, however, they are planning to possibly spare a few Republicans that they find insufficiently loyal, including Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, Ben Sass, and Liz Cheney. They were considering not inviting them. I think they are. I just think it's hilarious that, like, by not inviting them, they're probably sparing them from exposure to a deadly disease. The events right. will include more than 50 people and could risk the health of the White House staff and others who have, they can't decide whether or not to go. They have to go. And, you know, it's not like the White House is like, oh, we did this before and it was fine. Like, we can gather and handle it and nothing bad happened. There has been several large yeah. scale. <laughs> outbreaks and they're going to have a dozen 50 person parties every time they do it it's another super spreader event because they don't care but honestly at this point i'm like whatever you fucking fools fine have your stupid parties have have them give each yeah. other covid yeah like go out i kind of there is something right there's michelle obama's go low when they go low we go high but then there is, I feel like the Mariah Carey, like, goes so high that it's actually low um, <laughs> thing that I appreciate. And I'll give Melania nothing, but she is going so high, like, doing so, oh, you guys want Christmas? We're doing fucking Christmas. I'm going so high. She's doing a million fucking events. And it's like, y'all, oh, now that y'all, it's like, <laughs> you criticize yeah. her. She's like, oh, I thought I was not doing Christmas enough. Now I'm doing Christmas too much. It's 17 so thousand bows yeah i guess now? that is true she's like okay you guys want christmas i'll use your money to buy seventeen thousand bows it was also like 1200 feet or maybe even miles it might have been miles of garland it was an insane yeah. amount every room has its own cool tree or i mean maybe it's not that cool there's a tree honoring the 19th amendment which i could not find any pictures of but i feel like probably has something hilarious which was women's it. suffrage yeah mm -hmm. well white women's yeah white well um I saw a picture. It's just like, oh, gosh, like they have a special JFK tree. It's it's mania. It's I will say I don't I, I would need to know. Like, I don't personally know how many bows have appeared in the past. True. You know, so maybe Michelle had a yeah, lot of 14,000 or yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. <laughs> how That's many? A good point. So just to be fair to Melania as she tries to work through her feelings about Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how many bows have been used in the past. Yeah, I did read about all of this that the Trumps, Melania and Donald Trump specifically Melania are very determined to have a festive, cheerful, final holiday season in the White House. They're not letting the whole lost the election and deadly pandemic thing get in their way. Good okay. for them. Maybe they wanted to <laughs> outbow the, the, the Obamas because the Obama's dog is named Bo. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a reach and I will we can let that go. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I did want to make that joke. I mean yeah. seventeen thousand bows because Doesn't we love big dogs around here. Big dogs. We sub official uh, you know uh, opinion is that we love big dogs. Official yeah. stance, official stance. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click 
gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com, and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So Republicans are moving on to the president-elect and what's going on with him. Republicans are already signaling objections to Biden's cabinet picks. I mean, they have throughout the week of these, as these have trickled down, but a lot of the sort of senior staff ones have been maybe a little less to do with policy, with the exception of national security and more White House staff. And now some of the um, economic roles are pouring out. Notably, they're lashing out at Neera Tandon. She would become the first one of color to lead the Office of Management and Budget. This role is like a huge deal basically oversees like all the federal employees of which there are so, so many, um, basically for being mean to them on Twitter. Tandon basically just has like a woke liberal Twitter presence, like a lot of people on Twitter. Mm -hmm. She does head the Center for American Progress, which is a pretty progressive think tank, although she's she's kind of a Clinton aide. And you know, when you read that, the subtext is sort of like, she's going to be loyal to the Clinton worldview of democratic politics. And mm -hmm. she has gotten some critique from the more progressive left wing of the party. So she's getting a lot of pushback across Capitol Hill from Republicans for being mean to them on Twitter and from people like Bernie Sanders for maybe not being as progressive on some of these issues. So she has basically just tweeted like the normal shit that Republican senators aided and abetted Donald Trump. She's tweeted <laughs> Moscow Mitch a few times like, Normal, normal, normal shit. But for some people, this is disqualifying. I mean, normally these are nonpartisan roles. On Monday, Senator John Cornyn from Texas told reporters he thought Tandon was Biden's worst nominee so far because of her alleged combative and insulting comments about many members of the Senate, mainly on our side of the aisle. 
which is just hilarious that he's mad that uh, he she was being insulting to people on Twitter. I know it's just so outrageous for Republicans to be like her conduct on Twitter does not befit the office of the head of the management and budget. <laughs> it's like you just voted for the head of Twitter trolling. Right. Also, maybe she should have um, sexually assaulted a 15 year old girl. And then maybe she would have been cleared immediately. Yep. Uh, say that. Through, yeah. Or maybe say she should have put her dick out at Yale mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. she, this is all stuff Brett Kavanaugh did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe she should. I have, mean, at least Brett Kavanaugh. I at would least s- Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas for sure yeah. too, if we're going there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just so crazy. Like <laughs> it sucks. Cause it's like, you know, yeah, she is not as progressive. It's like, she's not as progressive the this this time has just made it so impossible because like you're just like somebody said like damn you know am i really gonna have to write for biden like stand up for some like centri- you know frankly centrist yeah yeah person. it's just like so stupid yeah i mean Nira Tannen so- is is cool but she's like um you know, she's a longtime Democratic, I think I can say operative, like she's yeah. a safe, not super exciting choice. This is a, she's getting rewarded for everything she has done for the party over close to a decade. And the party isn't the same as it was close to a decade ago. So people are reacting. Um, we, the three of us talked last week about Michelle Flournoy, who still hasn't been announced. And it looks like there mm-hmm. could be some, um, some change of calculus on the Biden administration do you think that Republicans are going to successfully block some of these? Oh, I think that they abs- it is a an explicit mission of them at this point to block one or two. I I really like for show. Yeah, I don't think that we get through these confirmations without them kind of performatively blocking one or two. They seem to be really coalescing around not wanting to let Neera Tandon get it. And all of this just makes me feel like because, you know, to your point, Millie, I would personally be rather having the how progressive do we want our nominees to mm. be debate. But we can't because we have not flipped the Senate. And so all of this really, to me, just comes back to how important it's, it's like this Georgia runoff is just mm. unbelievable. I mean, everything relies on it. Yeah, because it's like if we're upset about. Um, more like center left nominees right now that can't even get in. Like, imagine who the actual compromise candidates are going to be if we have to play ball with these Republicans. Yeah, and I guess that's just like goes to say, like, maybe they should have gotten a, a far left person. I mean, that's the whole argument with the um, you know, the Biden camp and the you know, it's like you should start far left so the compromise is centered left but if you start mm-hmm. center left you, you got to compromise more and then you know also it's like the biden camp is so obsessed with compromise with these people who just do not ever compromise with us we don't have a bit we don't twelve hundred dollars you know what i mean for this yeah. whole pandemic and then we're gonna be we're, you know, whereas like Trump pushed through all the nominees and they did like the, oh, it can't stay vacant for long. And they did all their tactics. Like, I just wish I was more confident that um, the Democrats would, you know, stand, you know, st- 
stand strong oh, yeah. and be like, right. well, we don't care that you don't approve them. We're going to do it anyway and we're going to push it through. But like, no. Yeah, no, even Joe make- Manchin of West Virginia today is saying like, no, 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 I'm going to stand strong against the progressive wing of the party. And I'm not, I mean, I think Joe Manchin, I'll check this, but I think he voted to acquit during impeachment, didn't he? Joe Manchin's a bitch. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He is, I mean, he's from West Virginia. I believe he's probably, I mean, he's like, what's a what's a rhino but for Democrats? Like, yeah. I know he's probably done a lot to serve those communities, but he is like, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not gonna kinda. vote for any of these people. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Like Joe Manchin is like, uh, he's he's honestly like a troll that we've had to make a deal with like we had to make a deal with this weird guy from west virginia who's like comes down from the mountains and is like i don't actually like the bill and then we have to like go back and write it again (laughs) it's like i just am sick of talking about joe manchin but we're very far from being able to even deal with the mansion issue at this point so it just, yeah. yeah, it's just he like, did vote. Crazy. He did vote um, to continue with impeachment. Uh, so oh. he did uh, acknowledge. But he's not above. You know, he no. did make a stink about it, which is why we're he confused. Did. And that's his whole thing. It's like trying to be like both sides. It's just like that's so such a wack. good point, Millie. It's like the fact that we even had to double check about that situation, like that we have to double check that any Democrat would have thought that that was okay. Like that says all you need to know about Joe Manchin. Yeah. He lives in like the Collins and Murkowski world of like, um, it's not really a strong partisan. Yeah. Who knows what I'm going to do? Like just kind of being like, well, maybe I'll vote one way or maybe I won't. And And then, then yeah. And then like at least 51% of the people in their state are like, yeah, you go, Susan, you go, Joe. Like, It's very strange voting calculus, but I think that there are places that have pride in having kind of a contrarian. They think it's like cool to have a contrarian, um, independent minded, like representative. That's how they see it. Like, I mean, it's the, you know, it's the boomers, like Reddit generation, like (laughs) devil's advocate kind of like, Ooh, what about both sides are like, well, actually, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, um, boomers from the Appalachians. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. Caitlin says, the devil does not need an advocate. The devil's fine. Yeah. He's the everywhere. Fine. He's, he's thriving. Let's move into the main topic for today. Yesterday, the Supreme Court heard arguments on whether the Trump administration could exclude undocumented immigrants from the census data that's used to determine funding and congressional apportionment. It seems like this is a pretty easy question, given that the Constitution requires us to count every single person in the country, regardless of immigration status. It says this several times, but obviously, side note, uh, the Constitution also excluded Native Americans and counted Black people as three-fifths of a person. So we don't stay on the Constitution's original ideas about population. (laughs) Um, But non-citizens have been counted in every census and used in the reapportionment of the House since the very first census in 19. 70. Um, you know, 1790. Reading this, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that you meant 1790. I'm just going to pop You can keep up. that in, Sean. I definitely meant 1790. <laughs> 
this three courts have already ruled against the White House on this matter. And the Supreme Court justices yesterday, they seemed pretty impatient with what's yet another bad legal challenge from the Trump administration. So for one, the administration has no way of even identifying undocumented immigrants for exclusion because, as we know, they were barred from adding a citizenship question to this year's census. Justice Amy Coney Barrett noted that almost all constitutional and historical precedent went against the administration's position. So some context for what the motivation for Republicans might be here. There are roughly 11 million undocumented immigrants in the country. For obvious reasons, um, it's difficult to get a precise number, but that's a sizable part of the people that live here. Populations are concentrated in states like Florida, Texas, California, and New York which would lose congressional seats if undocumented immigrants are not counted. So the House of Representatives, it's capped at 435. We can't have more than that. Even though our population in this country has far exceeded the original like amount of people represented by each person, if you want to get really mad, I would suggest you go read about it and look at how your representation compares with somebody in a less populous state. Mm. Um, so the motivation is that if this census starts counting the populations in states like I mentioned, that's two states, California and New York. Those aren't red states. Those places might pick up more seats, which means necessarily that other places would lose seats. Whereas if you do the inverse and you are not counting undocumented immigrants, those redder states could pick up seats, taking them away from the more populous seats. So that could be the incentive. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an, it's just another way to cheat. Yep. Because instead of you know, instead of just you know changing or adjusting their it's just so crazy because a lot of people of color would vote Republican if they weren't trying to exclude them. I I, I read something about how Latinx people like swayed Trump because they're anti-abortion and like very conservative and anti-gay, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, and yeah, like, damn. Religious too. Religious. Yeah. Like it, if they focus more on cultivating mm -hmm. that instead of like how to exclude people, like they could actually be very, it could be very scary, you know, because whatever, but like, they're just finding ways to cheat. And sometimes it works and it has worked up until now, you know, with the gerrymandering and all, like, if you see how districts, districts are drawn, are, it's crazy. It Out is so crazy. Um, like Dan Crenshaw's district in Texas is literally like, it, it makes no sense. So it's like, oh, yeah. And there was are a lot of hope this, this cycle that there would be blue waves in some state legislatures where Democrats could, could redraw some of those maps. And that's obviously what, didn't happen for a lot of the reasons you were just talking about. It's it's like we we a lot of times we talk about racism in the Republican Party as if it's like, well, maybe they're not the leaders aren't that racist. They just know they have to appeal to the whims of their base. But like you said, Millie, if they would just not be so outwardly racist and be more inclusive, I think there's a strong possibility that they could broaden their coalition such that they wouldn't need that base so i guess that leaves us in a place where they're actually just racist yeah, yeah. and yeah. there's yeah. enough but there's enough people who hate themselves that they'll still vote anyway that's a good point <laughs> that's a good point we're assuming everybody is completely rational in how they make their political decisions yes and i do think that people have a tendency and some of some people 
Republican voters and Democrats alike are like, yeah, but they're not talking about me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's talking about all of these, like, immigrants, but he's not talking about me because I'm, I have a Trump flag or whatever, so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, like we said, it looks like the justices are pretty skeptical. I mean, Amy Coney Barrett calls herself an originalist, and it literally says in the Constitution, like, three times, you have to count all of the people. But this, I think, for the reasons we discussed, is an interesting case because it does highlight how strangely we allot representation and funds in this country. Um, so we will expect some decisions on that, I guess, I guess June. These start so early, and then you just wait forever. It is funny to me that, like, they just have this whole thing with Amy Coney Barrett and her whole thing is that she's an originalist and she did a a big many days worth of testimony where the only thing that she said at all was like, I love the Constitution and I believe that we should do what it says. And then the first case that they put before her (laughs) is one that she like she can't. Right. Any good conscience go with them on anything. It's like that's how bad these legal strategies are. It's like they packed these courts for years. Yeah. But when the time came for them to like actually mm-hmm. put their master plan into action, the legal strategy was so bad that they couldn't even do it. It's yeah. true. It's like for three days, they're like, you're a vegan, right? You're a vegan. I promise I'm a vegan. I never eat meat. I'm a vegan. And then her first day of the job, it's like, care for a burger? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. she doesn't. Well, you know, uh, in defense of Republicans, <laughs> she did, you know, she's all pro-life or whatever, but she did uh, pa- like vote to execute two people already. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. you know, maybe there weren't, they're hoping that her hypocrisy in the pro-life movement will somehow bleed over into them getting more votes. That's true. That's, That's true. true. She's uh, not always consistent. Yeah, I wanted not not at all consistent. I wanted to end on one news story that broke just moments ago because it's too good not to repeat here. Rudy Giuliani has reportedly discussed the possibility of a preemptive pardon from Donald Trump. Um, Unclear what I mean, you could probably write an entire book about Rudy Giuliani's like potential criminal exposure, but I I mean, again, I don't know that a preemptive pardon is a thing or a sound legal strategy, but God bless them all. Um, I don't I think it is. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect Rudy Giuliani to know. Well, <laughs> no. Brilliant legal mind, Rudolph Giuliani. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering too if it's something because I, I know Trump, you know, Trump's done all this stuff like federal stuff and then he's done state stuff and he can't get pardoned for state stuff at all. Uh, so I'm wondering if Giuliani's done anything. I mean, he probably has, but like if he's done anything illegal in New York City mm. um, or in New York to like, uh, right. bes- you know, besides having that dripping hair dye. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, besides the crimes against humanity that he committed by looking like that on screen. Yeah. I yes. mean, Julie, Rudy Giuliani is in a prison of his own making for life. Yeah. I, think. I don't know if he sees it this way, but we certainly do. Did you read his daughter's piece in Vanity yes. Fair? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is wild. We also had um, Samantha Cohen on the show once, and I feel like those two could have a great like roundtable discussion. Come some, on, Samantha come on. Cohen on SUP. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I'm like one of the hosts, whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we do a show I've every day. It's every easy single- to me. 
yeah. <laughs> I read her interview and it's super fascinating. So yeah, I'm sure. She is yeah. very fascinating. She is very yeah. fascinating. I want that for Baron so much. Oh God, I know. I want that for Baron so much. I want him And I to- want, and if Baron is listening, I want him to know that he can do it. He can write his Vanity Fair op-ed and we will support him and girls on Instagram will talk about how, he, how tall he is and it'll actually be really good for him. It will be I good think if be he great. comes out as bisexual and has it in Teen Vogue. <laughs> except for life, honestly. And oh announces his dad. And where's, well, yeah, where's a dress on a cover? Where's a dress on a cover, Teen Vogue. I'm telling you the Baron brand will be so strong. He can flip the Trump brand. I'm just saying. You can see it happening. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.